It's not the events of your life that stress you, it's the way you deal with them that does. I'm Alice Law, and this is my 5.30. Hey guys, this week on 5.30, we are speaking with the lovely Alice Law. Alice is so wonderfully zen and has such a calm energy. Little wonder in her career as a stress management consultant, Reiki master, and now author. She shares how she came to work in this field and what led to co-founding the platform Unstressable, which she launched with her business partner, Mo Gaudat, helping people to recognize and overcome the stress pandemic that so many of us, sometimes unknowingly, are battling. In today's fast-paced modern world, anxiety and stress levels remain prevalent as we grapple with societal pressures, technological demands, and endless pursuit of balance in our personal and professional lives. These challenges contribute to the growing sense of unease. Thankfully, there's now a growing awareness of the importance of mental well-being. Alice's story is so inspiring, and it's our pleasure to share that with you. Alice Law, welcome to the 530 Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to be with you guys. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to in Dubai. Oh, well, so I'm basically mainly over, I'm recording the audio book for our book with my co-author that's coming out. And so that'll be 10 days of just, yeah, reading in the studio, which will be really fun. And then also over here working with um, our partners, happy work on how to like distribute our corporate offering on stress into businesses in the region over here. So yeah, it's fun. It's exciting. And then I'm going to Oman and, and Q8 to speak as well. So I'm just kind of doing a bit of a Middle Eastern tour. That's amazing. You're an author. Congratulations. Well, not yet, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's on there. Okay. It's on the way. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do as a stress management consultant, which sounds very zen. <laughs> it tries to be zen, yeah. It's, um, so I do, originally I worked one-to-one with people. I still do that for a very limited amount of people, but working with them to basically manage and prevent their stress and how that affects both their relationships in their personal life and their work performance. And so I work very holistically with people. Like you say, it's Zen, it's um, mental, emotional, physical and spiritual stress and how those four parts of us, each part gets stressed differently. And when you work out which part of you is the most stressed, it actually has an effect and rebalances you. Whereas a lot of people look at stress just as like the body or even just the mind. And so, yeah, in my work, I always look at all four parts, which is great and then I also yeah do speaking and work with companies and workshops and corporations but um, now because of our book Unstressable that's coming out we it got delayed and delayed and delayed for the last couple of years and we were like there's so much content in here that can really help people and so we decided to create a you know, an online membership platform for consumer and then an offering for corporates to take it into businesses to help them to yeah de-stress and um, yeah manage because it's, we're in such a mental well, we're in an emotional and spiritual crisis as well as a mental health crisis, but the rates of stress now is just incredible, particularly post-COVID. And, you know, it's even like, we were about this, it was 70 to 90% of all doctor's visits are somehow related to stress in the UK and the US, like, wow. which is just, you know, your GP visits, which is just crazy. This is like the real global pandemic. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's never ending. It really is. It's like it's the one that everyone kind of has pushed away, but it's it affects, you know, it's so many different things and, you know, health, relationships, business. Um, so, yeah, it's something I really want to address. So, And it's, at some point, it's still like a taboo, right? When you say you're stressed, like people are just going to be like, what? Move on. 
Yeah, totally. It's like, well, there's that whole thing of um, we've kind of created like being busy is like a status symbol in the modern mm. world. So I'm yeah. so busy. I'm so busy. And it's like that shouldn't actually be something we're proud of. Kind yeah. of it should be like, oh, I have space. I feel calm. You know, I, I'm busy with work in terms of like I've got things to do, but we shouldn't celebrate not having a single second in our day to create space and make ourselves feel good. I think being busy or being stressed um, is being romanticized a lot. The more that stressed you are, the more that you're more important, I think, in the yeah, corporate it's world. Like success. We were in the stress. corporate world for like, I don't know, over a decade. And I'm just like, I just can't anymore. <laughs> um, how did it all start with Unstressable? So Unstressable for me, I mean, it's two parts, really. I mean, do you mean stress or the book? I mean, maybe both. both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, because I, the book was, I guess, it's like 10 years of research on my personal story. And the reason that, I wrote it with my co-author Mo was because uh, I got him as a guest on my podcast and we became really good friends and he became my mentor at the time. And then, you know, I went on his podcast and um, eventually we were like, oh, we should write this book on stress together. So that's how that kind of all formed into place of his very amazing engineering, logical mind, and then my sort of more emotional side and kind of putting it all together, which was really fun. Um, but yeah, stress in general. I really didn't think I was going to do this when I was younger. And Sophie will probably attest to that. It's like, <laughs> I, um, I thought I was wanted to be in fashion, which is just so different to what I do now. And I actually, as much as, um, as much as I love fashion, I couldn't, I couldn't do that now either, like that, that corporate side of um, yeah. fashion world. But yeah, it was all basically came about because of having a very stressful period in my life um, with my family over... Over seven, well, seven to eight years condensed, but it started with my, <clears throat> sorry, my eldest half-sister got diagnosed with cancer. And at the same time, my dad's businesses after the credit crisis of 2008 started to really um, crumble. And so he was very, very stressed, trying to like keep everything afloat and ended up being forced to put like personal assets up for sale and sell our family home and was, you know, close to bankruptcy and, um, my, you know, my eldest sister, she was, you know, battling cancer, which you know, was my dad's, you know, eldest child. He was obviously got more, getting more and more stressed having like the worst thing that can happen in your family for a parent and then also his businesses at the same time. And I was like, well, okay, really need to work out how to cope. Started to learn a bit about, you know, what I now teach and, spirit, you know, studying spirituality, studying mindfulness, studying all these things. And then I very sadly lost my sister four years after four years after she first had cancer and it was about god I think about a week after her funeral that my dad got rushed into hospital and had um because he'd just been lying on his bed in grief and hadn't moved and so he got a blood clot on his leg and so he got rushed into hospital and they sorted out the blood clot scanned his body but they were like oh you've got you know cancer and oh god. so oh. i was like he was just at this point was so defeated by life he was so depressed he was so stressed he was so depressed from losing Suzanne. He was so depressed from what had happened with his businesses because he'd had some really horrible things where people he trusted had really let him down. And, you know, it was just one of those, like, really sad time in his life. And he just kind of had given up because uh, he was like, no, I'm just not interested in going into hospital and treating this kind of thing. So I was sort of so stressed <laughs> at this point. You know, I was, like, waking up every day. I was so anxious. I was worried about, like, my mom, you know, moving house, pulling it all together for my dad. I was worried about my dad. Um, and grieving my sister. And I was like, okay, I really need to understand stress at this point. So that's when I really like delved into everything. And then um, I thought, obviously I was still gonna do my uh, fashion thing, but then life had 
a nice good, uh, what I call in spiritual stress, like a side swipe. So when you're not listening, not listening, not mm-hmm. listening. And eventually it's like, no, no, wake up. So I got made redundant. And um, it was at the same time, just a sprinkle of more stress that my boyfriend at the time had like, cheated on me so we broke oh up and God. I was just like it's oh. <laughs> like when it rains it pours exactly so it poured I went to sort of stress school from the universe as I say and so I um it was at that time I was like okay well maybe I should actually be doing this as as a career like got a few more signs and so my my old bosses helped me set it up at the time and I started studying you know like um, EFT and mindfulness and meditation and all these different forms and coaching and put it together to create programs for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, you know, it was working and I loved love it. And uh, that's what led me to this book. But my my dad was actually what led me to really want to write the book and create the mission of helping. We have a mission to help a million people a year come out of stress, Mo and I together through the platform, through speaking, through the book. And uh, it was my dad that died four years no four years ago and he died from stress so he was so right he was like you know I don't want to treat my cancer it won't go quick enough I'm just not dealing with it caused me a lot of stress when I eventually accepted it but my dad actually died from a burst stomach ulcer from stress that caused internal complications so for me I'm like okay I tried to help my dad lots but he was of that generation as I'm sure you guys can Mm. relate to it's just Mm -hmm. like I deal with it myself no absolutely not stiff upper lip and that's just such a shame because it's like we can't deal with a lot of these things without the right tools and understanding how how our mind, how everything works. So, yeah, when I when I lost my dad, you know, I I now see it as a I now see it as something that's brought me to do this work and brought me to the book and you know on my joint mission with Mo and uh, I'm very grateful for that in a strange way. Not that I lost him, but that it means something that I can bring forward. It's in quite a nice something. Way. Yeah. It put meaning. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. My gosh. It's an interesting story, but it's, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, that's why I think for people with stress, I always, I'm like, okay, you know, I always have that message of everyone gets stressed for different reasons, right? We never know what is going to come into our lives. And, you know, that's, you have those traumas, you have the day-to-day stresses, you have the internal stresses in your mind. But the reality is that everyone has different stress thresholds. So like, what can, you know, stress me out might not stress you out and vice versa. So it's really about understanding how to learn about your own system and your own, you know, limits and then just how to like, you know, I, I believe being unstressable isn't about never getting stressed. It's about how quickly you can bounce back from it because a lot of people just sit simmering in stress for weeks yeah. and months. I was going to say when you were going through everything, it's it was a really mature thing for you to say, okay, I need to learn how to tackle all of these stresses rather than to kind of sit and wallow in it and maybe take us a way more unhealthy route to you know alcohol or drugs or whatever which I think a lot of people can turn to for some kind of dopamine hit and release from everything that's going on in their lives but was there much like were there many resources for you to be able to tap into or how did you like educate yourself around it all yeah well that's what's interesting actually and I will say to be honest like I did do the opposite for a bit I was like you know all our friends were that age where there was a party every night if you wanted to go to one. And I went to a lot of them because I was just like wanting to numb myself when after my sister died and my dad was so depressed. I was like, just couldn't really compute it. And then I realized I was like, this is going to go really wrong actually if I just continue this. So that's when I started to yeah, delve into, like I said, picking out random bits of, I was like, right, I need to understand it from a spiritual level, from a physical level, from a mind level, emotions. But there was really, it was really hard to find those stuff, that stuff then, which is what has kind of inspired me to do the platform, 
to put it all together for people because I would spend, I, mean, I put it in the book, my old bosses will read the book and be like, we were paying you to do nothing. But they literally, I worked. I worked. So all of the breaks, all of the work hours put into there. They should be the sponsor. They have the preface. <laughs> they're listening. It was a Russian finance company, so they could. <laughs> they're fine. Exactly. But they, um, they used to go out for long lunches or they used to travel. And so every time they'd go out, I'd be like at my desk, not doing their work, but doing my own. It should be like the best employee ever. Not in the <laughs> Um, But yeah, that was, it was hard to find those things. It was, you know, really going onto different YouTube channels, different podcasts, different, you know, resources, different books and trying to find the different bits to put it all together. So, you know, it was, it was a long process, which is why I really, yeah, wanted to bring it all together in the book and also like the content we now give people. But for that exact reason, I think sometimes when you start these things, you don't know where to start. Yeah. So when someone comes to you, you first start working with someone. Is there a typical way that stress manifests us all kind of collectively in general? Do you already see it like, uh, yeah, you know, you without scratching beneath like, the surface? Like, oh, God. There you go. <laughs> all right. Analyze uh, Sophie. <laughs> There's a typical way in the four parts, if that makes sense. So like when people are mentally stressed and emotionally, physically and spiritually. So if you're mentally stressed, you're very easily like you're not able to focus. You find it you can't switch your mind off your thoughts. You're constantly in rumination, forwards and backwards thinking. Um, when we're emotionally stressed, we tend to be showing symptoms and signs of suppressing like we were just talking about. It's like, OK, you know, drinking more or numbing out on Netflix as much as possible or food or, you know, um, equally getting really lethargic because actually when you haven't processed your emotions, it really weighs you down. Surprise, surprise. And um, physical is obviously like the obvious things, but people do not think they're stressed. It's like the headaches, the bad back, the digestive issues, huge one like IBS. Um, And eventually, you know, obviously that leads to much more chronic problems with stress like blood pressure and heart attacks and diabetes and even cancer studies show now so but then spiritual stress which is one of my favorite ones as well as about um I see this a lot is <laughs> um, uh it's not about religion in any way shape or form so it's about how disconnected or connected you are to your own intuition and your own authentic self so a lot of people are walking around in spiritual stress which is what we say it's basically we talk about this in the book it's like um the most authentic version of you away from all the labels. So like most people cannot answer the question, who am I without answering? I'm a wife, I'm a doctor, I'm a son, you know, those standard labels. And so getting back to what your true essence is spiritually and also being connected to your intuition, but being able to actually act on your intuition because a lot of people are, they might be able to be connected when some people aren't and, uh, but they just ignore, ignore everything their intuition is trying to tell them and their soul is trying to guide them to. So that's like when I was talking about the side side swipes of life, like me being made redundant because, you know, you're not meant to be on that path. It's uh, it's better to be able to listen so you don't get to have the side swipe. But, you know, obviously we're human and we we carry on. Yeah. It's amazing sometimes when you look back and you can see the side swipes when they happened. Like I've definitely had lots of those, especially in my like working environment. Yeah. It's just like, oh, no, re (laughs) remove the past working environments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love my current job. (laughs) Let's just be clear about that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm just trying to process everything that you've done. Um, You said you wanted to learn more about stress and help people while you being stressed, you know, going through all these like emotional roller coaster. Um, How did you get that power or where did you get that inspiration? 
because it's really tough when, you know, when everything is like against you, against all odds, and then you're just like gonna fight it. And- <laughs> it's true. It's a, it is true. It's like you know we all have those. I believe. I mean, my inspiration for me does come from my own sense of spirituality. So spirituality for me is a greater connection to myself and a greater connection to something outside of myself. And for me, that's, you know, a higher power, universal power, whatever you, you want to call it. Um, and my inspiration, I think my inspiration then was like, okay, at the time coming through it, I really wanted to be the best version of myself to support my family. Mm-hmm. I felt that kind of like emotional responsibility, particularly around my dad and even for like, you know, my, my sister's, you know, kids are like 10 years younger than me, but like, you know, you just feel that kind of, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to be in a better place for that, for them, particularly my dad at the time. And then like, I just kind of became, I don't know, inspired now. I still actually, my, my sister who left us and my dad still inspire me to like keep going. Cause I'm like, okay, well on my worst, on my worst days now today, if it's like a stress with, you know, anything I'm, and it can be obviously like, you know, like entrepreneurship, all that can be a very lonely road. And so I now kind of, it is always that spiritual resolve. It's either connecting to, to them in the way that I can or connecting to myself and reminding myself that, okay, this is what I'm meant to do. Come back to, you know, stop the noise because we get so distracted by. There's so many. There's plenty of them out there. Yeah, it's just uh, so much distraction. I'm sure it's so rewarding when you're working with someone that you can see is probably so chronically stressed and they don't even know it. And they just have like this light bulb moment where they can like breathe again. It, no, it really is. That's what, I mean, that's one of the greatest things, you know, so I feel very lucky because when I work with people, I don't feel like I'm working on that side. You know, the work is the the admin you putting mm. stuff together side but the actual work with people on stress is not it's not doesn't feel like work to me which is such a privilege and for the reasons you said I kind of with my dad being so stressed and not being able to you know help him I now get to see it's how that affects someone else in their family and how that ripples and how it would have affected us and that just makes me really happy it affects the whole everything yeah exactly so I'm, I'm just wondering because there's a lot of times where in, in one room, for example, are you going to have like a business meeting and one, like the, say like the manager or the director or the boss would come in in a really bad mood. It sets the tone, right? When it comes to these things, how do you cope with those? Like what's the advice um, that you can tell that person? It's really interesting you say this because I have such a bag, that bad, that <laughs> big belief in this is that it's why we want to work with them. Um, we are working with leaders in with unstressable for the corporate side first, because how the leader affects our entire business it trickles down. down. Yeah. And energetically, even stress is actually known to be um, completely what's it called? Uh, you catch stress, <laughs> completely contagious. Yeah. So it's studies show that like if I'm really stressed now my cortisol will be coming through my skin and actually making your body stress at the same time. And I also believe that on an energetic level. I believe that 100%. So, if yeah. there's like tense, and everyone's like once tense in the room, it's yeah. it, it just ripples. Exactly. So it's like the leader obviously really has to take that personal responsibility to realize that if you're stressed, you're going to really stress your employees out. And we're actually 31% less productive when we're stressed than when we're happy and calm, which is, which is a huge amount. A lot of people have that myth. If I'm more stressed, I'll get more done. It's like... That's not true. That's in a short amount of time. Like if you're running a race, or you're about to do a speech, goes on, comes off. But if you're continually stressed, you're not going to be more productive at all. Um, and then the poor person who is accepting this stressed leader, I always talk about basically, you know, you only ever have any control over yourself inwardly. Mm-hmm. We have nothing control over what's going on around us. So it's looking at how you can emotionally regulate yourself, 
how you can physically release that stress that they've put onto you, whether it's in the actual room or whether you then leave and go to a bathroom just to do like a quick tool afterwards. Like something I talk about is like a zebra shakedown. You have yeah. these tiny little hacks. So like a zebra uh, or any wild animal, when they run from a predator, you, if they manage to escape, they will then do a big shake of their whole body, which basically tells their nervous system, the threat's over. Reset. Chill. Reset. Yeah, exactly. So we as humans today, we have all these stresses that we don't think are setting our system off. And so whether it's like, you know, the boss coming in being mm-hmm. stressful, the upsetting email from a co-worker, getting stuck in traffic on the way to a meeting, <clears throat> they um, all set our system off. And then we understand it all builds up and we don't realize why we're stressed because nothing that stressful is going on in your life. You kind of you know logically say to yourself, but it's because your system is constantly being put into fight or flight and then we're not telling it to shut down. So doing these little things like stress hacks, like a zebra shakedown, like from head to toe, like just really shaking your body with your arms up in the air or, you know, legs, everything for like five minutes in a loo cubicle if your boss has really annoyed you would actually help you hugely or doing a breathing exercise breathing exercise works and it's for free exactly yeah anything that you extend your exhale when you breathe will help put your body into parasympathetic state traffic <laughs> somebody no, cuts so in front of you though, like, jumpers i hate I, two jumpers i can't help it but it's so true like at the moment i've just come out of a really really busy intense working period and it was so all consuming. But at the same time, I was like, I knew I was putting myself under so much stress because I was cutting my sleep to then go and exercise and being in a really like high intense workout environment, like Barry's boot camp or whatever, where you're sprinting and people are shouting at you. And then you like rush to shower, rush to get in the car, r- sit in traffic, go into like the madness of the office and then stay there till really late and then just do it all again. And it's so crazy and I think I was you think it's so productive you feel like high you think you're running on like high energy and like the buzz from all of it you think you're doing so much like productive work but you're just not and like since I've stopped and have had to have an eye operation a few other things have like really had forced me to have to slow down and like all I can do is interesting all I can do is go for a walk (laughs) and like now I'm not bloated I'm not like you know I'm sleeping eight hours a day which is so unlike me I used to like charge around on five hours sleep and like three coffees thinking I was winning at life <laughs> yeah, you, you, you drank so much coffee yeah I don't I quit that like now. it's so crazy that's cool yeah nice so that was your uh, little side that was my side swipe I, I know slow down I know yeah. it's interesting Barry's boot camp it, honestly the idea of it brings me stressed even yeah. thinking about it <laughs> and at like six o'clock in the morning <laughs> 6 a.m. Like, wow. <laughs> I mean, well, I, love, I love it. So obviously I'm not. It's not for it. everyone, but if, if it's for you, it's for you. A hundred percent. It's yeah. like, it's like anything. It's like you have to find what works for you. Yeah. yeah. Just like for me, this room is like my, this is my Zen. So if I'm, if I'm feeling down or feeling super busy, I would just like sit, play music, traffic. I would just like play karaoke and belt out a song that I can't even sing. <laughs> I'll try not to honk my horn, you know, because if it doesn't matter, if it won't matter for the next five seconds, won't matter yeah. forever. Exactly. And what about writing a book? Because surely that was stressful for you. So how were you managing that? Do you know, it was so, it, it was really fun. The writing bit was so fun. Like it was just like super creative. You know, it's, um, it was fun because writing of Mo, this is his fourth book. So it was good to understand the process from him and what to kind of do. And he was like, you know, every morning, because morning's your most creative time. He was like, just block out time and just try to write. He was like, some days you'll write a page, some days you'll write 18. It's just, he was like, 
just make sure you do the time. And so I really got into that. That was really enjoyable. The editing part was the, <laughs> was the, more, was the less enjoyable part. I mean, it was, uh, we did a lot of, before we gave it to the publishers to kind of tear apart, um, everyone always is like, just prepare yourself. It'll come back bleeding. And you're like, oh God. But um, our editor actually in New York, an amazing woman called Elizabeth at Women and she was amazing. Like her notes, we really, really valued. But the hard part before was, Mo was like, I really want us to edit as much as possible so that that bit isn't as intense. And that was actually so hard. It was like putting a jigsaw together because you're going back to chapter one and two and stuff that you've written nine months before. And you're like, did I actually write that? That's awful. <laughs> and then you like redo it and kind of moving everything around and yeah, trying to get it all to fit together. So that, that was uh, interesting. And um yeah, I think apparently what I'm about to experience could be quite stressful, which is the book launch period, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so what does that involve? That's so cool. Will it, you tour the, you'll tour the book? So we'll do, um, you know, podcasts and some events in the yeah. UK. Um, might go over to the US, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be kind of, there's definitely a very, it's, there's a lead up of sort of, you know, you do your six weeks of social media and we're doing a pre-order webinar and all those mm-hmm. kind of events. And then the publishers kind of make you do 10 days of very intense kind of, Every five seconds you're doing something, which will be really fun. But yeah, I don't know if I'll have a voice by the end of it, so we'll see. What's, what's the best moment uh, that you've uh, encountered during, like, wh- while writing the book? Oh, I think um, it's like one in the creative process where you read back something and you're like, oh, wow, that actually was worth writing. That's always like a nice feeling when you forget what you've written and you're like, oh, actually, really, that's kind of come together from everything I've learned in the last 10 years. And that's, you're really proud of like a piece. And then I think the other side was, I got, we got like the, what you call the galley copies the other day from America, which is like the pre-advanced copies for like proofreading. But if you wanted to send it to like a, you know, a podcast or stuff like that later. And I, it was the first time I'd seen it like in physical that form. Is... And I was like, I just kind of like, was like really overwhelmed. I was like, oh, wow, it's actually, because obviously, like I said, it's been delayed for like two years on and off. And so, so cool. I didn't really think it was going to arrive. <laughs> that is so cool. It, it doesn't matter if it's going to take forever, so long as it's going to be there, right? Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, wow, it's actually it's actually here. That's fun. Because you see something so much on digital. I mean, I'm, I'm a massive yeah. paper person. So, yeah. I mean, I love digital, but it's like to write. The feel of paper is yeah, still like, exactly. you can't beat that. You can't. And I, I actually printed out the whole document when I was editing just to draw on it because I was like I just need to see it all I'm quite like visual like that so yeah it was fun to see it in the flesh but (laughs) what a moment you should be so proud of yourself that's incredible thanks guys yeah (laughs) (laughs) see if it's worth reading when it comes out I I have a question I have a question about like the UAE at working landscape the the company culture how do you see it because I think from for maybe like a decade ago, it's completely different. But everyone's just like super on the go. I think I tr- there's a yeah. real like work hard, play hard lifestyle yeah. here. And it's everyone's out so late. It's up, you know, we're fitting so much into into the day. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely there is, like you say, there's that work hard, play hard. Um, I think the good side to it is that how receptive companies are to actually wanting their employees to have well-being or happiness. Because... In the UK and the US, it's it's like the bottom priority for people. Do you know what I mean? It's really like everyone's miserable in <laughs> companies. And, you know, it's the first thing in a budget cut to go when people are so stressed. But actually, I do find here and in this region, people are, first of all, like companies are open to actually being like, okay, well, how do you implement it to actually get change in the company rather than just 
ticking a box, which yeah. is like exactly. what I find in the UK. But equally, the other side is just how I've been really pleasantly surprised just how open-minded people are to the things we're talking about. Whereas I'm going to sound like I'm really bashing the UK, which I'm not. Love the UK as well, but it's yeah. um, people are a bit more close-minded to like you know, that spiritual stress piece or that emotional stress piece. And it's like those two things really are needed massively. And here it's much more, yeah, it's much more open to talking about those things. Like I was saying, like I'm going to, you know, Oman to go and speak um, for an organization at the end of the month. And I was talking to them today on a call just about which which one they'd like, you know, would you like this, this one, which is more about like, you know, standard logical meditation and body one or would you like the emotional stress one and they were like oh, let's do the emotional stress like I think that'd be great and I was like oh, I love that because that's like my jam I love talking about that kind of stuff yeah. so you I wouldn't I'd really get that response I don't think in the UK like yeah let's do the emotional stress <laughs> one. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I think it's in here because they evolved so much and whatever is good for the people they just like go with the flow why is that do you think they're just afraid that it's going to open like a can of worms and you just don't know what's what that means next it's almost like that yeah. tick box exercise they want to do it for their employees but not not really yeah 100 percent. i think like it goes back to that leader's piece like if the leader isn't actually in a space where they've done the right amount of work on themselves to understand how actually effective all that is then they might be like yeah whatever you know me being logical has got me the results this far whilst not actually looking at how it's damaged their health or maybe their family relationships especially the older generation yeah. yeah exactly military tribal if you will, yeah, for totally, lack of a totally. better term. Um, but um, w the percentage of like um, resistance <laughs> from the, do you get like more resistance um, from the leaders or do you just like, aha, this is how I'm supposed to be? I think it's, yeah, I've worked with leaders who they're, they're looking for something, do you know what I mean? It's like, they're like, oh, searching. And then, then there's a massive like, ah, oh, great. Okay. Aha. This is actually much more beneficial for me to be like this. You know, particularly you work with some people who, um, you know, they come to you with their problems. It's like my, you know, family, my wife is complaining that I'm never present and I can't be off my phone and I just don't even know what to do because, you know, it's causing me loads of stress at home and it's causing me loads of stress at work. And I'm just like, okay, let's, <laughs> let's resolve this. So I love, you know, I think when people are looking for the change, that's when you can have like great results. It's, there's no point trying to lead what do you say, like a, a horse to water and trying to make it drink. Yeah. It's like you have to be like open-minded to at least the beginning. It comes from within. Yeah. We also have a minister of happiness here, so it makes yeah, sense which is that super we should cool. all be as happy and as stress-free as possible. Yeah, exactly. We're very much like lucky that we, we yeah. work in this country because there's also like a lot of companies, especially my company right now, um, that's one of the reasons why I joined because the first thing that um, my boss mentioned was like, you're going to have fun here. That's such a nice thing to yeah. mention. And then um, I'm going to be with the company for three years already. That's so nice. And are you having fun? I'm super. <laughs> so <you> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So which is, which is super cool over like the, the very authoritative, yeah. bureaucratic. It's true. Um, and I think cause we've, we've spoken to so many people on our podcast over the last year who have made quite like pivotal changes in their career. And they've often like left quite corporate environments to go on and you know, practice your, their yoga instructor course and they've gone on to teach or, you know, they've gone on to do quite spiritual and grounding careers that they've really clearly needed like a very big change. But also that's not that um, accessible or achievable for everyone. I think a lot of people don't know what their passion is to like go on and do that or they don't necessarily want to commit to like making a career out of something like that. And so the corporate world is just what their life is going to be for the next 10, 20, 30 years. And 
But it's so important that we learn to kind of how to manage it properly and that companies adapt as well to not putting this, or having on, on this constant hamster wheel of... It really go, is. Go, it's go. like we're tribal people at the end of the day from like our G- DNA and it's like your community matters and the amount of time you spend at work if you're in the corporate world, like those people around you matter. So if everyone's stressed, you're going to have a good time and you're going to be stressed. And equally, if everyone wants to have fun at work and is happy like Christmas, <laughs> work, then, then you're going to have Don't a much like better Chris. time. You know? <laughs> well, there's still stress, but, you know, it's out to cope with stress. Yeah, exactly. Turning it back on you, is there any advice that you'd give your 18-year-old self? Oh, my 18-year-old self. <laughs> Hmm, uh, my 18-year-old self, I think I'd probably say... <laughs> this is like when I first met. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm like, what advice would you give her? <laughs> my 18-year-old self, I think I'd probably try to remind her that everything is figure-outable, as Marie Folio says, like, figure-out... How did she even say it? Figure-outable, I can never say it, but I think that... <laughs> I think that um, there's so many times, you know, when I was starting that point in life of those struggles, and I just thought... I'd actually know how I'm going to get through this, you know, before I started studying this. And I think it's just reminding yourself that everything that you can do within yourself will create a change in the outside world. So often we look outside of ourselves to try to change the unchangeable and control things that we can't. So it's like reminding, I'd remind her to go back into inside herself and remember that that's what you can always change. So you're going to be fine. That's lovely. That's terrific. And any lasting advice for our lovely listeners? Ah, oh, lovely listeners. Well, <laughs> one thing would be calmness is a skill, so you have to learn to practice it. And uh, yeah, truly getting to, you know, I think self-awareness is the first piece to like managing your stress. You know, if you can't change what you're not aware of and yeah, really starting to get to know yourself and just what actually stresses you, what triggers you is a really good starting point for people. Um, because actually, as we say in the tagline in the book, it's not the events of your life that stress you, it's the way you deal with them that does. And I truly believe that because it's we can't control the events. But that is so true. It comes back to it. Well, we've all got to go out and buy the book. So. <laughs> we're we're going to have that book for yeah. sure. <laughs> Where can everyone find you, work with you, buy or pre-order your book? So you can pre-order online on Amazon or any major online retails. Unstressable. Now. Unstressable, yes. It's, um, and then, yeah, me, I'm online as Alice Law on Instagram and um I'm changing my website name because it's my old brand name, but Alice Law, you can find me online. So yeah, and unstressable.com for our community. Amazing. Thank Amazing. you so much. Thank you so much, Alice, for your time. Nice. Thanks for hanging. We love you. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much for having me. 530 is 100% organically handcrafted by Chris Dabu and Sophie Ryan. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and participate in Q&As on Spotify. And if you haven't already... Please subscribe to 530 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or where awesome podcasts are available. This has been a 530 production.